0: Our text this morning is the, uh, the Old Testament reading, Isaiah 42. I want you to take another look at that last verse, verse 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, I would imagine that all of you at one time or another have voted in an election. I I wonder if you've uh, thought about that being a heroic act. Uh, It doesn't seem like it is. I suppose it seems even like a small little thing. Um, uh, You know, uh, uh, I guess for us it seems like that. But you know, maybe you'll recall uh, it's been a while now when the Iraqi people uh, voted the, that first time after Hussein was gone. They they all were proud of their purple finger. You remember they dipped it into ink and that marked them as having voted, and they were so proud and excited. See, when when you uh, when you live in tyranny and you can't vote, then voting seems like a big thing, and it was a brave thing for them because there were people that were angry about it, uh, and yet they went and did it because it was important. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you can remember back when you first voted. uh, I I remember uh, it's just a couple years now. Ethan was 17, and he couldn't wait, and he couldn't vote, and he wanted to, and he couldn't. and, uh, And then so when he finally got to do it, it seemed like a really big thing. Andrew's coming up. That birthday this year, too. I think when we were young, it was 21. It was, wasn't it? I think so. That's a long time ago. Somewhere along the line, it changed. You know, they. They uh, messed around with the beer age, too, but, I, you know, that's a different problem. Okay, so, so, so voting, it doesn't seem like any big thing, but when you do vote, it is your power? Uh, in this country, it is the only power that you really have unless you sit in government somewhere. And, and, you know, when you add all those votes up with the whole nation, that gets to be a terribly important thing. It's a, it just seems a humble thing, and I think that probably is true, but it is, in fact, your power. Now, uh, I'm, I'm talking about that because today this celebration and it's it's spotlights Jesus presence in the world at his baptism. I, I don't know if you've thought about this, but epiphany that that word almost literally means spotlight. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's shining down uh, uh, like, well, it starts with the, the star uh, shining down and spotlighting the, the baby. That, uh, at the time when that happened. And, you know, as we go through the Epiphany season, each one of those weeks is spotlighting Jesus so we know who he is and what he's up to and why he's there. Uh, and this is one of those weeks. It was probably a little hard to tell that it was important at all that Jesus came to be baptized because at the time, John the Baptist was out there by the Jordan River and a lot of people came out there because he said, you need to come out there to prepare the way of the Lord. And the, and the way to prepare the way of the Lord is to repent and come and be baptized for forgiveness of sins so that you're ready for the Messiah to come. And lots of people were doing that. And then Jesus came with them uh, for a different reason, I think, because he didn't need to be baptized for forgiveness, but he came. Basically, he was doing what everybody else was supposed to be doing properly, and he did it exactly properly because he was there to, as he said, fulfill all righteousness. But since everybody else was out there, it didn't look like much. And it's not like Jesus showed off any real uh, impressive power that day. He just went in the water like everybody else and John baptized him like everybody else and he came out of the water. Now, you know, after that, some things happened uh, because you know, then you get the Holy Spirit coming down on him looking like a dove and you get the voice of his father from heaven, which was, it's a little hard to picture that, isn't it? You know, this, uh, the, the psalm we had said his voice thunders. You have to suppose that it does, but we can't hear it. All we hear is what he said. Uh, And uh, but all of that happened and it didn't look like Jesus was doing anything much. Um, When John asked him about it, because he said, well, Jesus, you know, uh, I should be baptized by you. And which makes some sense to people sitting here with me, uh, I would imagine. And Jesus said, "Nope, we're not doing it that way. Uh, So what do you do when you're savior your lord comes and says nope we're not doing it that way uh, uh you know you gotta sort of end your argument with that but so john does he says okay fine we'll do it this way like you said and off they went it was to fill fulfill all righteousness that's what he says the, the difficulty with that is, you know, like the rest of the people that read this thing, they wonder, well, where is he fulfilling all righteousness by getting baptized? Uh, how is that fulfilling any righteousness at all? Well, it is the, the fact that he is doing what everybody else was supposed to do, and he does it perfectly, and that was one little piece of all of the righteousness that he's fulfilling. So that's what he's working on here. We heard some of that last week when we heard of his circumcision. That was, again, fulfillment of some rule in the Old Testament world. And he fulfilled that as well. So this is more of that. As he goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted, that is coming up again. And all the things he does in his life that are righteous, he gives all of that righteousness to you. But he can't see any of it. You can't measure any of it. Isaiah says uh, something very similar in his reading today. Uh, more than once, he said that this servant of God, which is what Jesus is apparently, uh, would bring forth justice. Well, Jesus uses the word righteousness, but it's you know, only that little bit of difference. Uh, and, and when he comes, that's what he says he's doing. But again, it's really hard to see. Now, if someone asked you what you'd do if you were God, I'm kind of glad nobody asked me that because it probably wouldn't go well, but uh, would, would you say that you'd uh, let go of your divine power and come into the world as a human being, uh, and not just any human being, but the lowest, most humble and poor human being so that you could serve everybody like you're a slave? That's what God would do, right? I mean, does that sound like what you would do if you were God? This is a difficult problem. Or would you more likely burst onto the scene in great power and set everything that looks wrong to be right and, uh, well, anything that looks like it's evil? or war or bigotry You just wipe that away so it never happens again or whatever else unsettles you uh, just make it go away isn't that more likely what we would do I think we'd have to say yes because that's the way we think and and he doesn't do that so you get subtlety and you get humility and you get uh, compassion but it doesn't look like power but he's, he's the son of God doesn't make a lot of sense to us who sit here uh, and, and listen to him every week. Instead, he's called my servant by Isaiah. Of course, that's out of his father's mouth. And he doesn't cry out and he doesn't tell anyone in that bright divine voice that he could certainly do to stop it whatever it is that we're doing. He doesn't do that. He doesn't look like a savior at all. He just comes into the water like everybody else and comes out of the water like everybody else. Of course, when he's identified by God by a couple of things that looks different, but Jesus himself didn't do anything that looks like much. And yet it is what God said he'd do. This somehow mysteriously brings forth justice. but it's really hard to see. It it isn't some hidden Lord who came into the world. It's not a mystery anymore who he is because his father announced it. You you should notice that he said his servant would come in Isaiah, that's what it says there. And when he arrived, uh, the the Heavenly Father announced his identity by his own thundering voice, I suppose. And, and also you have the dove who comes down and identifies him by lighting on him. This is the Holy Spirit showing who he is. And Isaiah said he, uh, that all of that would happen and there, there it was. And, and and then you even have John the Baptist who has been informed by the heavenly Father that His Son would come and it would come just like this and He'd see the stuff that He saw and He'd hear the stuff that He heard and and uh, and and so this prophecy is standing before Him and then there He is. So we know it's Him because everything says it's Him. Uh, everything God said about anything prophetic from the beginning of time as every single time it has indeed come to be. And this isn't any different. Uh, this is exactly the same. There stood Christ in the flesh, just like God said he would come. That <laughs> the hard part is he's a servant. The hard part is that he's humble. The hard part is that he's not showing himself powerful here in this moment. And also he says he's fulfilling all righteousness somehow. God saying that he would bring forth justice. And this is happening, but this is really hard for us. But you should notice that this same one, God said, would bring forth justice, meaning righteousness for you. Because uh, justice and righteousness in Hebrew and Greek, both are almost the same exact thing. Uh, and and uh, justice served in this particular case would be uh not coming against you because if you think about it justice for you would be getting burned up or blown up or sent off to hell or whatever it is that's going to happen because you're all sinners the same as me uh, and everybody else that Jesus knew every single one including Isaiah all sinners and and proper justice it would seem would be wrath but Jesus is bringing forth justice by giving you righteousness. You no, know how and when. And, well, in, in the end, the reason Jesus came was to take your sin entirely away and cause it to be forgiven. That's why he's there. Justice to the nations is Christ on a cross. Christ on a cross taking away everything but righteousness. Taking away every sort of wrath that God might have against sin, the wrath you yourself deserve so that you are, instead of in hell, You are, in fact, righteous before God because of what Jesus does. That's what he's doing. All the time he's walking around here, he is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And when he goes to the cross, not only does he forgive you, but all of that righteousness that he does, he gives you as a gift. So that you have the welcome of God instead of his wrath to heaven in all of eternity, a gift to you. No, he did not fuss about his baptism. I mean, he could have, this is dumb, what am I doing this for? I mean, John thought that was dumb, Uh, and yet that's what he was doing. He didn't fuss about it. It's just what righteousness fulfilled looks like on that particular day, and that's what he would do for you, because you need it. No, he did not fuss in his life among sinners, although he probably should have, or certainly we would. If we were perfect and we were God, I can't imagine that we'd want to suffer sinners for very long. Even the ones that condemned his innocence to the cross, he did not take out his wrath on them. And no, he did not hurl heavenly fire at his enemies, not even the sinners like you who brought about the need for him coming into the world to shed his blood that day. This Jesus who came up from the water on that particular afternoon was the very one who made you. The exact same person who created you. The same one who is now, uh, as Isaiah said, a new covenant. Well, and, and what that is, is between you and God, there is this promise that it stands between you. Because, you know, it used to be your sin made you enemy to God. But that's not true anymore because your sin has been removed. And Christ is there between you to guard you from his wrath forever. He took the sin away so that God's love for you can come to you and your favor is from God. These things are told in Isaiah's words today. They're all over the place uh, in various ways of speaking, I suppose. But those words were given to him from God, who thinks of you in this exact way, who brought these things to pass to save you. He foretold it, as he says, so that you would know it was coming. And then when it showed up, You would know it was him and and you would know that it's Christ and you know that it's your savior and you know that all these things have come to pass. And so then you would believe. There's this uh, strange item in verse four. Um, It says the coastlands wait for his law you know, a lot of times that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you need, uh, I guess, a little translation on this. Coastlands are coastlands. You know what coastlands are. But for the people of the Old Testament, the coastlands were where the Phoenicians lived, where the Greeks who came from the Phoenicians lived, where the Philistines who came from the Phoenicians lived, where the Lebanese people were from Tyre and Sidon. uh, Those people are Gentiles. They're not Jews. And of course, the whole Greek world was surrounding Jesus when he stood in the world. And so what you get here is Gentiles, which is what you all are, uh, wait for his word. And and, uh, of course, this is another piece of Hebrew that might be a little peculiar, but that word for waiting also has a couple other, uh, would you say, nuances to it. One of them is expecting. So the coastlines are expecting him to come. Uh, and the other thing, which is probably the more important one, is hope. They're hoping for him to come. And, of course, there he was, hoping, and there he was, made flesh, the word, Christ, humble, servant, servant bringing forth justice and righteousness for you. He is your savior. And indeed, the coastlands have received him. You have received him. He is your salvation and it is for you. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.